0: Let us pray. Shine your light upon us, O God, and reveal your holy word to us, through Christ our Lord. Amen. Today's gospel reading is the epiphany story from Matthew chapter two, verses one through 12. Hear these ancient words of scripture. In the time of King Herod, After Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem asking, where is the child who has been born King of the Jews? For we observed his star at its rising and have come to pay him homage. When King Herod heard this, he was frightened And then opening their treasure chests, they offered him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they left for their own country by another road. The word of the Lord. Amen. Thanks be to God. Have you ever experienced an epiphany? A divine revelation? What was it? Was it something on the scale of difficult math homework where you work and you agonize and you erase your failed solutions time and time again until something clicks and you finally get it? For surely solving complicated math problems requires divine revelation, at least for some of us. In fact, my husband Brad's extended family had two clubs, MFE, Math for Everyone, and Stomp, Stomp Out Math Pronto. (laughs) Or was your epiphany something more? Was it something that changed the way you look at the world or yourself, or especially something that caused you to see something of God in a way that you hadn't seen before? That's the question I wonder about the wise men. Even though they didn't just stumble upon the child who would be Messiah of the world, because they had diligently studied the stars. They'd noted the words of the ancient prophets. They paid attention and they followed the star that would lead them to Bethlehem. Their journey was intentional, disciplined, and persistent, a great model. But I wonder if the Messiah that they saw is what they expected. Somehow, I suspect not. After they left, I wonder if they began to understand more about what they had just seen. And I wonder if it changed them. For even more than their precious gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh, the heart of this story, the part on which everything else hinges, is the epiphany of the Lord himself, the shining revelation of God to all of humanity, to turn the world as we know it upside down because that's what epiphanies do. One of my most significant ones came on a flight somewhere between Seattle and Buffalo in February of 2005. A very long story, made very short. I was returning from the annual conference of the Association of Christian Educators. And even though I had done that work for a couple of years, I found myself struggling with faith itself, with the teachings of my upbringing, with all of these people who claimed to love Jesus but kept lobbing insults at one another. I began to wonder if Jesus really mattered. I began to wonder if I couldn't save myself a lot of time and aggravation, and most certainly a lot of Sunday mornings if I just ditched the whole thing. And yet, at the same time, I felt compelled to serve in the church. Well, before I left that conference, there was a title of a book for sale that said exactly what I was feeling. It was titled, Jesus Drives Me Crazy. (laughs) Written by a very educated man, but the title said it all. So I bought it, and I read it on the flight home. And the author described an understanding of the Trinity that was a profound epiphany for me, and what that is is a topic for another day. But what it did was allow me to re-embrace faith in a deeper way, to even hear the call to attend seminary and uh, eventually land here. But mine is only one small story in the vast library of God's ongoing revelation, of God's self to the world. A few weeks ago, five of our remarkable Third Church youth reflected on today's scripture with me. Harrison and Juliana and Julie, Julia and Caitlin and Sophie, I hope I do justice to the conversation we had, which went something like this. I began with the same question. Have you ever had an epiphany? Yes, at the Montreat Youth Conference, worshiping with youth from around the country. Well, what was that like? My heart was happy, one said. Well, what does it take to feel happy? To feel safe, another said. And they nodded. Well, what is it that frightens you? And they described the deep anxiety that they and their friends experience during active shooter drills at school and watching a classmate sob in fear during that drill. They described the anxieties of school, of body image, of being excluded, and being bullied on the soccer team. And even in the midst of all that, epiphanies still come. God's presence still breaks through. Like at Camp Cory, they said during evening prayer with the youth counselors wrapped up together in a fuzzy blanket. They called it a counselor burrito. And they said it was a genuine epiphany, the revelation that God was with them, no matter what. That in the midst of all of these other anxieties, they felt safe in the bonds of their church community, literally and figuratively, wrapped in a blanket of love. They belonged. Well, our youth inspired me to do a little crowdsourcing via the Third Church Community Facebook group, and I'll put a plug in here. Join it if you haven't. And I put the question out to my broader Facebook universe as well and asked, have you ever experienced an epiphany? And you responded with your own deep and profound stories. Thank you. And here they are. Some of them actually involve churches. Imagine that. Sheila Elliott told of a time over 30 years ago, another associate pastor asked if I would consider going along to Pittsburgh for a few days of Logos training when our children were young. Logos is a Bible curriculum And I said yes, thinking what and why am I saying yes to do this? Little did I know God was calling me into ministry with the children of our church, at Twelve Corners Presbyterian Church. Such a treasured and cherished gift, helping to coordinate and grow a program for eight years, I will always be grateful, Sheila said. Sarah Krug's, came from a controversial experience about 40 years ago. We lived on the southern border at the time, she said, and I was working vacation Bible school. We had lots of children pre-registered, so we were at capacity for the program. And on the first morning, a pickup truck from across the border pulled up with about eight children eager and excited for our VBS. Of course, they became part of the program regardless of the capacity. We just moved things around and spent time outside in bigger spaces. However, I was reprimanded for breaking the rules and told I was not a good Presbyterian. (laughs) My response, she said, I prefer to be a faithful Christian and invite the stranger in. To this day, I'm sure there are those who roll their eyes at rule breakers. However, I'm grateful to those who have a different understanding. (coughs) Other epiphanies came after an injury, or illness, or even a death. Kathy Kemp wrote about the time back in 2001 when she fell ice skating and crushed a vertebrate in her back and ended up with a pulmonary embolism. I was in a turtle shell cast for two months and much rehab, she said. However, the tipping point was the embolism. For when the doctor discovered it, my husband was asked if I had a DNR because if not treated immediately, I could die. Needless to say, I'm still here, but every day is a blessing. And I know God had more work for me to do on this earth. I read devotions every day, even if I don't get to church regularly. And I know God and all of God's angels are watching over me. And Mary Ann Rutkowski chimed in. She shared her story of watching a two-year-old and her family as they navigated through her leukemia treatments. I don't think I ever prayed for anything so hard in my life than for her bone marrow transplant to be successful. It was for a short time, but she died a couple months later. It really made me learn how to pray better and dispelled that everything happens for a reason, stuff that so many people feel is true. But it also opened the door to so many more questions on an even deeper level for me. A relative of mine messaged me about the impact of her mother's death and of her own divorce and how they helped her to understand what others go through and become less judgmental. And then there are everyday epiphanies. One member reflected, I think that we can experience epiphanies every day if we're open to them. Throughout my day, when I remember to look for God with me and feel that peace and presence, It is always an experience without words. When I first began to experience God's presence, it was a much more extraordinary experience. Now it's just a little less surprising. But I think the greatest gift has been realizing who I am. I am nothing, a grain of sand, the grass that withers and fades, and yet I am everything to God a part of something so much more than me, part of the kingdom, despite my faults and limitations and doubts. It's difficult to hold this knowing, she said, but when I do, I believe I'm better able to serve however I am called in that moment. And finally, There was this short response from a college mate of mine whom I hadn't spoken to in person in over 10 years. Sometimes I thought they were epiphanies, and in the long run they weren't. But the real ones, they were my son being diagnosed with autism and my gifted and talented at a national level daughter being diagnosed with schizophrenia. What did she mean by that? Would she share more? It's too hard to write, she said, call me. Here's my number. So I did. And here's what she told me, paraphrased. The world is different than I thought it was. What I used to think success, and even being normal, was. My autistic adult son and I just got back from the roadhouse, a local motorcycle bar, and I used to think places like that were to be avoided. But everybody there knows my son, and cares about him. I remember when I first walked into his special education center, I thought, oh no, my son is going to be one of those people. But now I love going there. They all see the world differently. I learned that as my son grew and became one of those people, they're the coolest people around. So the people I used to look up to, now I just think, whatever. And the people I used to look down on in some way, I don't anymore, because I know that there's something about them that I've never looked for and never seen. And then I asked, what about your daughter, with an Ivy League PhD who's won every award there is and has a serious mental illness? That one I'm still figuring out, she said. When she got all these awards, it it felt like they were partly mine. But now, I'm willing to let her be her. And when I do things for people, I'm not doing it for myself, but because of what I can learn from them, which won't be what I used to think, but it's going to open my eyes again and help me see the world differently. That's how I would define epiphany, she said. Seeing the whole world completely differently. And not necessarily in terms of better, in the way I used to understand better. I used to think it was going to change my life for the good. No, it's going to change my life. Faith means I decide it's going to be for the good. Friends, the theme that I hear running through every single one of these stories is that these epiphanies of God come right smack in the middle of uncertainties and troubles and struggles of our lives, every single one. They're particular to each person, and yet they are there. And though it's easy to forget when most of the time we encounter the wise men in children's Christmas pageants, the truth is, it's no different in Matthew's story. The Messiah comes to earth, and God is revealed when all is not right with the world. And it's right there behind the first six words of today's text in the time of King Herod. An unstable, paranoid leader steeped in his own fears of rival threats who used the tools of violence and exploitation, creating a time of deep fear for anyone living in that unpredictable world. And the remarkable revelation of God's love for humanity came then and continues to come today. Even and especially in the midst of our deepest places of fear and unpredictability. In telling our own epiphany stories, we too bear witness to the Word made flesh that dwells here among us and with us. So tell them. Tell them to one another after church, at coffee hour, over lunch all of this day and even tell them to yourselves what better way to celebrate god come to earth amen